Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. It's My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Make sure you're listening anywhere you get podcasts. And you can follow me on socials at MLUPod. And if you want, you can support the show for as little as $1 a month. The link is in the description and over at PeterARadio.com. Speaking of PeterARadio.com, my website, there's a great interview up there with the great DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ. And I'm so grateful for her taking the time out of her duties in the other realm to chat with me for a little bit. And we had a great conversation about Daft Punk, the album format, and so much more. Go check that out. That's on PeterARadio.com. Today on the show, we have the great Taylor Brown, a.k.a. Sock Jock. She's going to talk about how the church inspired her songwriting. Her wave of 2021 singles is getting a lot of attention on the internet. And my favorite of her recent string of singles is You. Very, very catchy song. It's been stuck in my head since uh, she put it out a while back. And we'll also talk about her connection with the great Totally Real Records. Big shout out to Brian. And so much more with Sock Jock right now on My Little Underground. I have to step my um, sweater vest game up, too. I have one in my closet. It's a little too big for me, but I still yeah. like it. I st- but yeah. you know what's funny? It doesn't keep you, at least for me, it doesn't keep me warm at all. It just nope. looks good. That's it. Yes. It's purely for the aesthetics. It's pretty funny. My my first grade yearbook picture is me in a sweater vest, right? So um, I picked this up. I'm, I'm in college right now, so I don't live at home. But I sent my mom a picture when I got this and she she didn't say anything. She just responded with my first grade yearbook picture, <laughs> which to me was like, okay, so you go to college and now you're a first grader again. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. Wait a minute. So you live in a dorm right now? Um, I have an apartment. Oh, but I'm on campus. Yeah. I was about to say, because I'm, I'm thinking like, how is or how does yeah. that work right now with COVID? You know what I mean? Because I'd yeah. be scared to death. Yeah, it's been very interesting. I have some friends who are living in dorms and they've pretty much just been super strict about um, having people visit and all that stuff. I I couldn't imagine living in any type of like communal housing right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So scared. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. What what is on campus life now? Like right now at this moment? Oh, my goodness. It's it's so different. Um, It's really interesting because a lot of my friends here are freshmen, so they have no idea um, what they're missing out on, but it's so different in, in every way, um, and a lot has changed, too, on my campus since I left, because I was remote for the fall semester, so I didn't come back to campus for almost nine whole months, um, and they, there's so many new buildings and all this stuff, so it's, I don't know, I just feel like everything is changing, and it's it's pretty much not even the same school that I started going to, um, but yeah, it's so bizarre. <laughs> what year are you? I'm currently a sophomore. Oh, you're a sophomore. Okay. Yes. All right, cool. So like when you when you started, it was probably like what's like you 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 started school like when COVID was yep. just wow. So oh my God, like what, what were you thinking when it when it first broke out? Like, oh my God, what am I, what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? Will I survive? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I it was really interesting because I remember thinking that everything was going to be normal. So it, it started off with our school sending us an email saying, hey, uh, you know, we're 
gonna be, uh, we're gonna do like a two week quarantine after spring break. And then like three days later, we got an email that was like, never mind, pack your things, you're not coming back after spring break. Um, And I remember just thinking like, oh, like it's kind of out of proportion. Like, you know, surely it'll be fine by the fall. Um, You know, here we are a a whole year later and things are still uh, very different. But yeah, it was very interesting how naive I was I guess at the beginning because I was like surely you know it'll be normal soon um yeah (laughs) you know when when COVID first like started you know creeping up in the states especially New York I had a few podcast sessions studio sessions booked and I knew like well I was like listen I gotta cancel these and even so like my guests hit me up like dude I can't do it and I'm like yo for real like I know that's fine so and it was it was really weird so are you going to school are you going to actual class really okay so how is that what what is that like um it's very different um so we're still upholding like social distancing and masks and class have been classes have been very de-sized um to be safer so um it's like smaller classes in much bigger rooms so it's and no one really trusts each other anymore so you can't just be like I wouldn't either. Oh, like, yeah so you can't just like sit next to someone and be like oh hey like my name's taylor like it's nice to meet you and like make friends um you'd like try to sit as far away from people as you can uh yeah it's, it's created a really interesting dynamic i think within the classes but so far, um, our campus hasn't reported any like COVID uh, transmission within the classrooms. So I think that kind of fear is starting to be alleviated just a little bit because uh, we know that like no one's gotten COVID from sitting next to someone in a lecture hall. Uh, but it's still really interesting because you never know if the person sitting next to you is the type of person who's gonna you know go party on the weekends or. Yeah, Yeah, because, yeah, like uh, that's what I was hearing on the news. Uh, A lot of these college campuses were were partying and that scared me because I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. But, you know, I haven't heard anything crazy regarding college parties or anything like that. Are you vaccinated? Is your state? I Yeah, I got my first dose um, not this past Monday, but the Monday before. Um, And then I'm scheduled to get my second dose on the 26th. So I'll be fully vaccinated before I go home for the summer, which is nice. Let's go. Uh, it's one of the few perks of being in Indiana is <laughs> no one wants to get vaccinated here. Yeah. So we were able to get vaccinated super quick. What's your What's your home state? Indiana or Illinois? Good question. So yeah. I'm I'm originally from um, the suburb of Chicago. Lived right. there pretty much my whole life. Um, I go to college here in Indiana. I go to Purdue, um, but literally as soon as I came to college my parents up and moved to North Carolina wow Um, so so that's where I spent pretty much all of 2020 um but I still consider Illinois my home uh because that's where I grew up that's where all my friends are so so what is this home you're going to this summer North Carolina or yeah I'm going to North Carolina I also have an internship uh for engineering in North Carolina so works out nicely I can live at home and do do some engineering stuff like audio engineering no I'm a mechanical engineering major so oh, okay yeah so finally get to get some hands-on experience with that what, what does that entail 
So my internship this summer, um, I'm working in the trucking industry. So I'll be working to kind of help redesign parts that probably function the right way, but are really hard to work on as a technician. Uh, so it's a lot of design heavy things, which I'm really excited for uh, as I love the design part of things. Well, yeah, especially as a, as a creative person yourself. Yeah. So that really, that <laughs> yeah, really helps. For sure. You know, so being from the Chicago suburbs, um, what are some of your favorite um, artists to come through that area? Because I, I, I like a lot of people from Chicago, you know, yes. could, that's a whole nother show we could do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, I think it's really interesting because not only am I just from the Chicago suburbs, but I've had a lot of friends who, you know, upon graduating from my high school, have moved up to the city and started their own um, acts and gotten pretty far. Um, I went to high school. I don't know if you've ever heard of Girl K. Um, band from Chicago, but I went to high school with uh, Kathy, who's the, the leading lady of that band, which is pretty cool. Uh, obviously, the, the first one that comes to mind is Beach Bunny. Huge fan of uh, their work. They're from and, Chicago? Yeah, they're oh, from cool. Chicago. Um, it's pretty cool. And um, I believe Slow Pulp is also from Chicago. So I didn't um, know that. Yeah, they're a great band. Um, obviously, there's huge name acts as well that you know, come, come from the area, but it's really cool because there's so many small theaters uh, and places that you can just, you know, go on a Friday night and see bands that years down the road, you know, they have like a million monthly listeners on Spotify and you're like, oh my goodness, like this is a band that I just saw with my friends because we just happened to be in the city. Uh, it's really cool. You like rap boys? Yes, I do. Yeah. Big fan. But Julia uh, Steiner was a former guest on the, she's been oh, on my really? little underground before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, that's so cool. Yeah. I, don't, I, I remember talking to her and I was like, you, do you remember like we, cause when I was in college, I interviewed her over the, like over the phone, like she never saw my face. So yeah. I told, I talked to you before she was like, Oh, right. Right. But she's super cool. Like love that yeah. band. I've been a fan of that group for years. Like Ganser, you know, Ganser. Um, that one doesn't ring a bell. Oh, you gotta get up on Ganser. Ooh, okay. well, um, well, Alicia um, Gaines, the bass player and the singer, she's been on the show a bunch of times too. So if you've seen my stuff, then uh, maybe you might have heard of her. But yeah, they're amazing anyway, regardless. Um, so you, you, um, with church, right? Church has been like kind of your first foray into musicianship. So what, what specifically about the church really inspired you? Yeah, that was definitely my first time that I actually got to be in a band, uh, which is a really interesting way to think about it. But I joined the praise team at my church growing up. Praise team? Yeah, the praise team. Wow. <laughs> um, I was eight years old and I was like the youngest person to be on the praise team. And so I was surrounded by, you know, these 30 and 40 year old uh, musicians who had so many different backgrounds, whether it was they were professionally trained or were in garage bands their whole life. Um, and at the time, I didn't realize how much uh, mentoring I was really getting from these people, uh, but they were really just pouring into me in, in terms of, you know, teaching me really good skills to just have as a musician and how to kind of trust the music and what I should be playing. Uh, instead of just looking at music and letting someone else decide what I should be playing, to just kind of trust myself. Um, and so I was in praise teams 
pretty much consistently from the time I was eight until I graduated high school. So that's like 10 years of just working with different people and picking up different valuable skills, especially as I, I moved into playing for a praise team at a mega church um, or pretty much a mega church. So they had, you know, top of the line audio engineers working for them and stuff like that. So I, I picked up a lot of really valuable information there about mixing and you know, I finally got an in-ear mix for the first time, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it, it was really just developmental for my life to be able to have these experiences. Um, and at the time, I like really didn't even realize how similar it was to just being in a band. <laughs> Tell me about your high school band, uh, NASA Graham. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Nasagram is funnily enough an anagram for the word anagrams, um, <laughs> which pretty much sums up <laughs> what we were like. Uh, it was me and two of my really good high school friends, and uh, we kind of just formed out of a love for music, and we were really involved in very different areas of the music scene at our high school. Our drummer was really active in the marching band. Uh, our piano player was really active in the choir and I just was kind of there. Um, <laughs> and so we kind of just formed and we we played some gigs around our town and we won our high school's battle of the bands, which is pretty cool. Uh, and just kind of played little local events. Uh, but again, it was it was a really cool bonding experience to just actually be able to play music with people. Uh, I, I tried so hard growing up to be in a band. <laughs> I had uh, two neighbors, a brother and a sister, and I seriously was like, I will teach you how to play literally anything you want if you promise to be in a band with me, because that's all I wanted. Um, yeah, so it was, it was fun to kind of have that dream realized uh, through, you know, actual musicians and not people that I was like, here, here's a bass guitar. Just pluck this string a few times and we'll make music. <laughs> okay. And, and outside of the, the SoundCloud covers you did, was there any talk of doing any kind of original, original tunes? Not really. Uh, I didn't really start thinking about writing my own music or putting out any of my own music until I got to college. I was always writing things. Uh, I remember writing some of my first songs as like a six-year-old, um, I never really thought anyone would want to hear them, nor did I know that I could record and put out music myself. I always thought, you know, you had to be like Hannah Montana to <laughs> put out your songs. Uh, so yeah, I didn't really start thinking about that until I was in college. All right. All right. And your pro mom project, is that still happening or is that just over? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> uh, I'm still not sure. I've, I've gone back and forth a few times. Pro mom was the name that I kind of slapped on my SoundCloud when I first started putting out covers. So it was a very rushed uh, project. And the same was true for the songs that I put out on the whole project on Spotify. I seriously would maybe spend 45 minutes on these songs, max. I didn't know what EQ was. I didn't know what compression was. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna put a pad, I'm gonna sing over it and put this weird phone effect on it and boom, 
bedroom pop. <laughs> I remember the first song I put out, I grabbed like my roommates, because uh, I was living in a dorm at the time, so I had a roommate, and I grabbed like her box of tacks or something, and I just shook it, and I was like, wow, this is what it's like to be a musical genius, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not quite sure if I'll go back to it, just because I've, I've really fallen in love with the full produced sound um, that I've had on Sock Jack of, you know, all these different band instruments fitting together. And I don't think that sound was really what Pro Mom was. Did you animate the, the video for the girl with the poems? I really I liked that not. video. You did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my friends, so I do improv comedy here at Purdue, and one of the alum who I'm really good friends with, his name is Duncan, uh, he actually animated that video for me. Uh, very cool. He's so good with that stuff. And so he reached out to me uh, forever ago and was like, I want to collaborate on something, you know, your music, my video. And at the time, I was kind of in a creative funk because COVID had just started and I wasn't really making anything. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I'll let you know. And then he reached out to me again, uh, right before the girl with the poems was supposed to come out. And I was like, oh my goodness, yeah, like I do have a song <laughs> that you can make a video for. So it's super cool, I love that video. So, you know, you say you do improv comedy. So I'm, I'm guessing when you're allowed to do shows and you're doing shows for sh uh, Sock Jock or Pro Mom or whatever you're doing, would you do a little, would you have some improv uh, comedy, uh, you know, a, a bit or something in between songs or whatever? I would love to. Uh, I believe the best medicine on this planet is the sound of a crowd laughing. Yeah. Uh, so just being able to have like, I don't know, a few jokes, even as I tune my guitar or something, I think would be um, probably really integral to the sock jock live experience yeah right then you know speaking of which uh with Sh uh, sock jock you do everything right songwriting recording was that always the case with all your other projects beforehand yes wow yeah the the exception to that is occasionally my dad um, will play bass on my songs for me um not out of necessity but mostly just because it's a really cool thing to include uh, my dad on, he was in a band pretty much my whole life. And then once he moved to North Carolina, he kind of had to stop his participation in that project. So I know he's kind of been missing having that creative outlet, especially because he can't go out and really find a new band to be in because of COVID. So um, he'll record some bass lines. He recorded the bass on No, and he also recorded the bass on my upcoming single, Damn. Uh, so it's really cool to just be able to work with him because uh, he's really talented. So, yeah. But besides that, everything is me. Have you ever seen the movie Hearts Beat Loud? I've not. No. Oh, it's great. It's about uh, a father and daughter uh, duo. It's oh, very, so very cool. good. It is yeah. so good. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. So, you know, your dad's playing with you every now and then. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of like almost the seed of what a band is. So do you ever see yourself in a band situation? Because Sock Jack right now is just you, but then there's like Foo Fighters, right? Which is Dave Grohl, but then there's Dave Grohl and company. Queens yep. of the Stone Age, Josh Homme, and it's, now it's Josh Homme and them. So do you ever see yourself as, uh, as Sock Jock eventually being Taylor Brown and them and having an actual band? 
I would love to. I think playing music with friends is one of the best experiences you can have in your life. So I would love for Sock Jock to be kind of a more communal project. I do like having all of the um, studio stuff kind of being done by me just because I, I'm kind of really picky and kind of control freak over my uh, music that goes out but I would love to have shows be, you know, with a full band and being able to kind of share my music, not only with my bandmates, but then also with, you know, other people. So walk me through your, your setup. So what kind of DAWs do you use, if you use one at all? Um, the, the kind of in- instrumentation that you're having outside of your dad playing bass? Yeah, so it's very different now that I'm at school. Um, so I'll kind of walk you through what I've been using since I've been here. I have the Moto M2 uh, here at school. So it's just a little two-channel interface. Um, and I, I do use Pro Tools. I tried using Logic when I came to school because I got it for a really good price being a student. But I did not like it. <laughs> I've been using Pro Tools back at home. So um, I decided to finally just give in and get Pro Tools. So Are you Pro Tools certified? Do you have the dongle? I do not, know. Oh, okay. Aren't you, like, you can use Pro Tools without, without that? Because I was all, yeah. always, okay, all right. I, I never knew that. <laughs> I think it's because I don't, I didn't get, like, the full Pro license. Oh. I got, like, the yearly subscription one. Um, I see, so I, figured I see. Once I graduate, I can just use um, either what I have at home or get a better setup and get full Pro Tools on that. Cool. Um, so I think that's probably why. So I think I do have one of those at home. Um, but then I use my Fender Telecaster for all the guitar parts uh, you hear. She's my love and my life. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I have a pretty cheap microphone here at school. At, at home, I use a Shure, um, SM57. Beautiful, um, beautiful stuff. Yes, those are so good. I also have um, a Shure SM7B that I use for microphones as well, um, which is great. It's beautiful. Um, and that's pretty much my, my whole setup here, uh, which is very different from what I have at home. At home, uh, my dad is also really into you know, music production and such. So he's been working on our home studio probably for like the last 10 years. So and he has a, a much bigger paycheck than I do <laughs> being a college student. So um, yeah, we use like a Scarlet interface at home and still use Pro Tools, but uh, we have like JBL monitors. Here, I, I don't even have any monitors. So I'm doing everything through headphones wow. and then I do my car checks and I just cross my fingers and hope for the best. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very different here, but I've, I think I've found a way to make it work. All right. My, my setup, I have a blue Yeti microphone, blue Yeti USB goes right into audacity. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All I do. I used to do it in a studio, <laughs> but I like, I like the, the remote setup and I like not having people, you know, I, I want to yeah. be able to do it myself. Like being in the studio was cool. I'm not, I'm open to doing that again, but I love doing, you know, things remotely and just keeping it very, very simple, you know, especially with music, you know, you keep it simple. It doesn't matter, you know, who's behind it, who's touching it and how many cooks are in the kitchen. As long as your output is good and then you're content with it, 
that's all that matters. So, you know, I see that you tweet a lot of uh, some of your streaming metrics, like your monthly <laughs> listeners, uh, almost every day, it seems. Is, is, are these things very important to you? Uh, yes, they're, they're both very important to me as much as just kind of mind-blowing. Uh, Sockjack, when I started this project, actually was just supposed to be a joke. It was supposed to be a place where I could upload funny songs that were kind of outtakes from things that I would ever actually put on the internet. Um, but I, with being in quarantine, I wanted to have kind of a new creative outlet. And so the fact that it's become something that people that I don't even know and have no obligation to like my music actually listen to uh, is so mind blowing. So anytime I you know, beat my record of monthly listeners, I, I kind of feel the need to tweet about it because it's just so, but I'm so grateful and I never want to get to a point where I'm not grateful for how far I've come in this project because even just thinking back a year ago, if you would have told me that, you know, nearly 500 people would listen to my music every month, I, it would blow my mind and I never want to get to a point where I think like, oh, you know, I'm I'm at like 600 monthly listeners, but it's not that big of a deal. For me, it's, it's, it's always going to be a big deal. You know? What about Bandcamp downloads? Do you care about those? Or are you paying attention to that? Yeah, I, I definitely do care about those a ton. Um, I check my Bandcamp metrics, though, a lot less than I check the Spotify ones. Just because I think, uh, for me personally, having the Spotify for Artists app is super um, intuitive and I'm able to just like check it every day at 11 in the morning and um, whereas with Bandcamp I, I get like emails when people purchase my music so I, I don't really check those as often. Um, I probably should put a lot more effort into my Bandcamp uh, but it, I feel like it's easy to kind of get focused on streaming numbers because it's definitely like a much higher I don't want to say return but like it, it changes more often than I think the Bandcamp metrics do at least on my side okay all right so how did um how'd you get to know brian of totally totally real who's been on the show before yeah it's it's a very interesting story so okay i was on twitter and i stumbled across uh we are joiners twitter account who's one of the artists on totally real records and i checked out their band camp because I was kind of just looking to support some newer artists. I think that's probably been the best thing about Sockjack because it's really encouraged me to support other artists on platforms like Bandcamp that I know I appreciate as a small artist. So I was listening to their music and I, I bought a track off of uh, Clients and Carriers, which is their um, most recent uh, album from Florida Records. And then I got an email from Bandcamp that someone had purchased one of my tracks. And I was like, what? Like, I just bought a track. And I looked and We Are Joiners had bought one of my tracks pretty much at the same time that I bought one of theirs. So I DM'd them on Twitter <laughs> and I was like, hi, thank you so much for your support. Like, too funny that, you know, we mentioned or like we, we happened to buy each other's tracks at the same time. So we just started talking back and forth and then, you know, they were liking and commenting on some of my tweets and then Total Real Records started following me. And the day later, uh, Brian started following me. And so then 
between the total real records that we are joiners and like Brian's personal account, we were having these huge Twitter threads just, you know, talking about music and um, yeah, it was, it was really fun and a really cool uh, way to meet everyone. And then before I knew it, like a ton of other artists from Total Real Records were following me. I was like, oh my goodness, I <laughs> might have made some friends. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have a tape out yet. Well, I'm not sure how much I'm, I'm supposed to say, but that will not be the case for much longer. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> that's a, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna yank your chain about that no. <laughs> any further. That's fine. And, you know, knowing Brian, it's like, okay, I know he's got a lot of, you know, um, things in his kitchen that's hasn't been, um, served yet. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, your, new, sure. your new singles coming out April 30th. Um, as, when this comes out, that it'll be a week before the 30th. So um, what about this tune is different than um, your other tunes? Yeah, I feel like this track then is very much the way you hear it is the way it is. I feel like a lot of my other tracks are kind of packaged with you know, a little ribbon on the top and they're very pretty, but if you open them and kind of start thinking about what the song is about, it's, it becomes a lot darker than what it looks like. This song is uh, pretty edgy and very kind of sharp, um, which is exactly how the lyrics are too. It's, it's kind of a anthem to calling out people in your life who have like hurt you and being unapologetic about that. And so it, it's, it's very powerful. It's very much one of those songs that you can dance around your room and punch the air to. Um, and so it, I think it's different from my other tracks because of how just driving it is. I feel like a lot of my other songs have been, you know, a little less powerful and a little more pretty. This one's definitely, uh, it takes away some of the pretty, but it's much more powerful. Well said. I can't wait to hear it. So your buttery jam playlist. Um, <laughs> You, you update it weekly, you say, are you completely changing it or are you just keeping some songs and just keep adding to it? It completely changes every week. Wow. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, cause I also make playlists myself and I'll I, like, I'm trying to find a middle ground. Like, do I keep adding or should I just change it completely? But I actually don't want to take away anything. I want to add some new stuff, but I think that's cool that you do that because um, it shows that you're a musician who's a fan of music. And then that's not always the same. And, um, and plus, great name. Buttery Jam is a really good <laughs> title for a playlist. Uh, so talk, talk to me about your Patreon. You got a lot going on. You have chord sheets, which is crazy in a good way. Um, lyric explanations and unreleased songs. So uh, about the chord, uh, <laughs> your chord sheets, are you painstakingly writing out all the chords to your songs and putting them on a Patreon. Wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually really fun uh, and kind of nice for me. I fall into a really bad habit of forgetting how to play my own songs. Um, <laughs> especially because this is probably the wrong way to go about it, but a lot of my songwriting process, at least instrumentally, happens when I'm in the recording phase. So, you know, I'll write a song, usually I'll have the, the chord structure to it, but a lot of those lead 
lines and such are, are written as I'm producing the song. So I sometimes forget kind of how I played certain things. So I usually write out chord sheets for myself, uh, just as a reference and usually some tabs for important lines. Um, so it's not a ton of more work to just upload them to my Patreon, but yeah, it, it is a little painstaking, but it definitely pays off. And so I don't have to be like going through my voice memos, like how did I write this? <laughs> All right. What else you got? Uh, what else you have going on for 2021 in terms of sock jock? So I kind of hinted that uh, before the end of this year, I won't say when, but I, I will finally have a tape out on Totally Real Records, uh, which I'm incredibly excited for. And so then uh, moving forward from there, I'll be working on more music for sure. Um, I, I hope to keep putting out music as frequently as I have been so far. I really like putting out a bunch of singles and being able to keep uh, people fed <laughs> with my music. Um, and then I, I hope once things open up a little bit more to start moving into the live realm a bit and hopefully getting a band together to play some shows, uh, just kind of bring the Sockjack experience to life. You know, there's not one way to release music. You know, I was, you know, talking with DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ, and she doesn't, she puts out, you know, albums that are like way too long to be quote unquote albums, but it doesn't matter. The experience is interesting. So do you, do you want to make a full album or is just the single route your, your thing? And it's cool. There's no right answer. So I personally would love to have the opportunity to take time to fully write an album and make sure that, you know, every song is exactly, like it has an exact place on that album. Um, I, I talked about this with Brian when I first called him uh, about being on the, on the label. Cause he asked me about, you know, why I do the singles. I, I think it's kind of a, a shame, but nowadays the music industry is so, dependent on algorithms um, and those algorithms like it when you post like frequently and consistently um, which again there's no right way to put out music uh, some people you know put out singles and it, it works great for them and some people put out albums and it works great for them um, but I think just for me I I kind of like being able to put out singles and you know kind of ride the wave of each single usually by the time that one of my singles starts to become old I'm you know working on releasing a new one um and just for me I, I kind of like the way that that is but in a perfect world I would love to someday have have the opportunity to spend a whole year or so working on a full album and then release it so I don't know for now I'll keep doing singles but that might change <laughs> okay all right so you'll plug away Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, whatever else you got, where people, anything sock chalk. It's your time. Plug away. Awesome. So yeah, if you liked listening to me talk, you can listen to me talk a lot more on Twitter. I'm very active there. My handles are pretty much everywhere. It's just sock jock backwards. So it's like codge cocks. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can check out my website, sockjock.net. It's great. Um, <laughs> and I think that's probably everywhere. 
right now. That is, uh, aren't you? You're on TikTok too, right? Oh, I am on TikTok. Yes. Also, the Kajkas. <laughs> <laughs>